0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 28 of the Mainstand Podcast I'm here as usual with my friends Mitch and Pat Here to chop it up, we have a, a lot of stuff to talk about We have some Champions League stuff to go over MLS is starting off this week, some big Premier League fixtures As the, the run-in kind of approaches here in the spring How are you doing fellas today?
1: Dude, I'm doing fantastic soccer-wise I'm tired. Football, football wise, life is good.
2: I'm tired. I'm it, tired of, of all of it.
1: Yeah,
0: the vibes seem a little off today, kinda. We don't have to get too much into geopolitics or anything, but yeah. the, the vibes are just tough. We're recording this on Thursday night. Um so the first thing I actually have to talk about here on, on the right side, this isn't necessarily in our notes. Uh I kinda want to dive into this, you know, right off. The the UCL final already being moved from st petersburg do you guys have any favorites
1: on you know where you'd like to see that moved i have no favorites i just want it to be in a place that is a little less uh wild card right now yeah Yeah. take take it the fuck out yeah yeah yeah
0: i kind of i I wanted to talk about that first just because i want to also kind of shout out all the the players and teams who kind of you know, we're brave and you know, took a stand today in the afternoon, uh, European games Napoli and Barcelona having their banner pregame. Um and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the guy's name for Atalanta, but I know his first name is uh, Ruslan, I believe. Uh scored a goal and lifted up his shirt with the, the shirt under it that said, uh, no war in Ukraine. That's pretty brave stuff and we you know we talk about sport a lot and like Jurgen Klopp kinda dubs soccer as the most important, <laughs> unimportant thing in our lives. I think like times like this, you know, football really does like encapsulate what's going on in history and uh, some big moments, and definitely you know stuff like that sends inspiration to people you know across the world.
2: Yeah, it shouts out uh, small love to being the first Russian player yep. to make a statement about it as well. Uh, thoughts go out to everybody in Ukraine that's affected by this. It, it can't wrap my head around something like this happening. Um, don't want to get like Josh mentioned. With this this is a soccer podcast. Um, we don't really get into politics here, but it just feels like a good time to just say, you know, our thoughts are with them for sure, and you know, hopefully, this is it. it just becomes less of a thing than initially thought of. Um, just, just hope every everything works out in, in the best way it possibly can.
0: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That's that's all you can do right now is wish for the best, especially for you know all the Ukrainian players we can think of off the top of our heads. Um, you know, I love Zinchenko. Exactly. You know, a lot of good players around the world and just anyone in general. You got to uh, tease and peace for them over there in Europe.
1: Oh, Absolutely. In, uh, in the- tease, tease and peace for Rick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Rick's picks didn't do great last week. I'll kind of run through. I went three for 11. Uh, there were some really odd ones I got screwed on, um, like Arsenal. What was it? Arsenal Brentford last week. I got the socket a score uh prop and that was plus 200 so I had some good ones that kind of made up for the losses uh but like the under 2.5 got smashed at the end in like the 93rd minute by Norgard. uh West Ham Newcastle that had a third goal written all over it I thought that one was pretty unlucky Liverpool Norwich uh deflected goal was what ruined that clean sheet and the spread for me so I think we were right on the, the verge of kind of hitting on a few of those but you know at the end of the day it's a tough week like I said, we hit on a couple, um, the Socket of Score and Spurs City over 3.5 that had like plus 200 odds, so those made up for a couple of the picks we lost on,
1: but uh,
0: we move yeah. and we'll do better this week.
1: Yeah, you gotta remember, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, so... It's know. fair, but the
0: you know, the vibes are up. Uh, I do one thing if you're yeah. we completely off. When you're completely off and you just read a game wrong, it, it sucks, but... Uh, I think we were on the right track.
1: Yeah, we were right there in it.
2: That's good. Yeah, we'll take it. Good. You want
1: to you want to talk good. some more about that uh Liverpool Liverpool Norwich game? Yeah, it was an awesome
0: game to watch from a neutral point of view. You know, Norwich gets the goals, kind of uh, the first half was kind of wonky. Uh Norwich gets that first goal and then like Liverpool wakes up. It's the second game in a row where Klopp makes really really impactful changes uh like with 30 minutes to go and that's pretty unusual for him. Uh, I think it kind of shows, like, the depth in this Liverpool team and the confidence he has on the guys uh, on the bench. Just some really, really massive performances from guys like Thiago, Bluey uh, Diaz grabbing his first goal, and then, you know, I don't even have to talk about Mo Salah. That Allison pass was kind of, like, the highlight of the game for me. It was Just okay. magical. He's, like,
1: incredible. Very reminiscent of the assist against United. Yep. um just uh, i mean it was it was a shaky game and when norwich netted the the deflected goal um klopp did what klopp does he made made those changes and it turned the game right around uh henderson pr- what a pass yeah. to assist diaz there um I, I think hendo coming on late in these games has been has been our biggest asset um been amazing to see our captain coming off the bench as regularly as he has lately and and still standing there and and making an impact we saw it against Leeds as well um so just my shouts there for uh for a big three points against Unfortunately, Norwich. Like yeah, and we might uh, as well too. Much say we say three in, points
0: before we get into anywhere else. We might as well because we don't have it in the notes. Um, might as well touch on the the Leeds game six nil. Yep, just absolutely you know curb stomped Leeds. It wasn't even competitive for most of the game. Rafinha had that uh, offsides chance, and there was that Dan James chance, I guess, at the beginning as well. But yep. aside from that, it was just a nice clean win from Liverpool. Fire burner. Um, it
1: it looked like it looked like our nineteen twenty side. It, I it, think this or, team's
0: better than our nineteen twenty side.
1: No, I'm I'm talking just in, in the sense that it was fun. Yeah. It was it was us firing on all cylinders, the the Joel baby giraffe run. Like he was he was everywhere. It was really cool to see our defenders making these long darting runs that we haven't really seen in a while. Um, you know, just the passing was was the best i've seen all season from our side um just knew where to go where to be and, and where to send the ball um start to finish it was it was our cleanest yeah. cleanest three points all year in my opinion it's so easy to do that too against a lead side that mark man-to-man for
0: for most of the game uh and when they do and that have and, a really and, good press yeah and matip runs makes those runs through they don't necessarily know who to pick up especially in the midfield um even there those that one where Struich, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I might be butchering that. Uh, he completely got lost on that Matip goal. Um, so that we were definitely just pulling him out, kind of. And that's what Leeds have kind of been doing all, all year. That's why their defense has been so shocking at times. I'm starting to wonder, though, if Bielsa, I know he's so adored by that club and the fans, if his time is running out a little bit at Elland Road just because he's so hard headed and he doesn't seem to have any intention of moving from from that setup.
2: Yeah, that's something I kind of wanted to touch on. Um, It's all well and good to talk about how great Liverpool are. Um, You know, beating Leeds 7-0 at home isn't for anybody, only the select few. Um, Anyway, but just (laughs) on the topic of Leeds in general, their last four games, they have conceded three goals, three goals, four goals, and six goals. Uh, They have a negative 27 goal differential, and they only sit three points from safety right now. Um, Very exciting side going forward. Um, but like you mentioned, Josh, Bielsa's a little hard-headed, and I know he's adored by by the faithful people at Leeds, but do you think that there is any fear of him getting sacked should Leeds, you know, drop – it's not crazy to say that in their last 13 games – Leeds are going to lose two more, and yeah. if they lose two more games, and someone and, and and Burnley win a game, Burnley are they jump ahead of them on goal differential, and Leeds are in the are you know threat in the threat of relegation. So uh, I think that Bielsa needs to take a look in the mirror. Um, not every team can play expansive ball like that. And as much as I hate talking about teams needing to be a little bit more defensive minded, I think bare minimum. Bielsa needs to start adjusting his tactics to suit his personnel, or uh, they're getting fucking relegated.
0: Yeah, yeah and no, at the I, end of the day, it doesn't matter how close gosh. the fans are. You know, money talks, and staying in the Premier League is a $100-$200 200000000 hundred $200 million dollar contract. And if you
1: can't write that, you're going to get sacked. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it was really evident against Liverpool. Um, they, for the entire ninety, continued to try and play out of the back. They can. They continued to look shaky defensively. And it ate them alive. There was no change to the shape. There was no change to the, the style of play. They made one swap. It was, a, it was a straight straight swap. It didn't add anything to what they were trying to do. Um, and it bit them in the ass. Uh, you know, it, it was just clear as day that there was no communication or no attempt to try and change shape. Or, or do something different in that, in that game.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I just think something's got to give there, man. Uh, as much as I love teams going out and playing, um, it, leads just suck.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, do we, we want to talk about the fun one in the afternoon? Let's talk about the fun one.
2: Dun-dun! Yeah, you know, I am sick and tired of Tottenham. I am just fucking 17 games unbeaten. Tottenham hadn't won a game in their last three. It looked like shit. Every team they play. And then they go and play a fucking Champions League final against City. Conte has pep's number for whatever fucking reason a b um this spurs team becomes um one of the only teams next to uh only gunner soul man united and jurgen klopp's liverpool to beat city twice in a fucking season right. um i am just at a loss for words uh tottenham go and lose one nil to burnley a week later but they literally play like everybody's families are going to be murdered if they don't walk out of the etihad with three points um and i'm very well very very prepared for them to go to anfield in what a month and roll over you're going to beat them six nil because that's just how, how it works um Unfortunate dropping of the points. I don't think it was crazy to say that there, you know, before that game, City were going to win. Uh, Harry Kane had a really good game. I was super, super impressed with Kalevsky for Spurs. I think well,
1: he had a fucking yeah, beautiful game. I think he's
2: actually going to be a good signing for them. Uh, Bentacore was a, a midfielder. He existed first. Start. Oh. Um, Loris stood on his head. Uh, I'm Loris. I didn't think City really looked, like, awful. I think that was a game that, you know, it was really evident that we needed a striker. It's one of those games that, like, you could use a center forward in. Um, we're whipping in – we whipped in, like, 28 crosses, and there's not a striker on our team over five foot nine. Yeah, You know, a little bit of an issue there. Uh, Mahrez scores a good pen. Kane scores in the 95th minute. Uh, we move. Every City loss is usually accompanied by 14 games unbeaten, so I'm not worried <laughs> yet. If we lose to Everton this weekend, then I'm worried that the title might be problematic. We have a city of a slightly easier run these la- the last half of the season compared to Liverpool. So, you know, I'm like, I'm just praying Mikel Arteta might be able to do me a favor. Uh, but outside of that, um, we got a title race, boys. We got a fucking title I race. We have a I race. race. For I, this back season.
0: I don't want to brag because I did go three for 11 this week, but i couldn't have called this game more down the middle uh they're, they're more like a triple bogey team for you uh you're dropping more than one point this year
2: um i just think that's an absurd you just sh- took a shot in the fucking dark
0: no tottenham are <laughs> your bogey team i had stats to back it up last week you haven't been
2: bogey team when we go to tottenham and it's not crazy to say it was crazy to say that a city team unbeaten in 18 we're gonna drop points to this tottenham side
0: oh yeah but you've You've only it's more Tottenham absurd two than me saying, the last 6 games.
1: All right. It's it's more absurd than me saying Fiorentina are going to finish top 6. And we'll we'll get to what what the Violas have done a little bit later in the show. But uh, I think the only only thing that I like feel like I was stripped of is fully celebrating that that Tottenham win uh, cuz I fell super super hard in my driveway the day before <laughs> and ruined both of my knees. So I was, like, stuck to my chair, and I, like, hobbled over to the TV. I, I watched it with uh, with Pat at a buddy's house. And, no, just, like, it feels so exciting that nine points has become three. Uh, Liverpool, with the, the win at Leeds, uh, take over on goal differential. So there, there there's – it's going to be back and forth. We're going to be on the edges of our seats uh, all the remaining – rest of the season it's you don't it's take just... over
2: anything you're still three points behind city legitimately
0: just... pat are you starting to get a little bit nervous
2: now if we lose to everton or we drop points against everton then i'll be nervous but <laughs> this is the city team that again this is the third season in a row where they are very good at just going on unbeaten runs yes they are we had to go on an unbeaten run in 18 19 we won 16 games in a row i'm not super concerned uh it shit happens dude uh, not yet I'm not scared yet
1: so so I will say one thing about unbeaten versus a winning streak so I, I think that is one thing City has going for them in the second half of the season is that uh, well Liverpool have going for them is that City draw more games than Liverpool does
2: you're a crackhead that's not true at all
1: I don't think yeah is, is, not that, is, is that not the statistic right now that's am I am, am like I looking at that draw. crazy? And is my sinus infection yeah, eating me alive? We have three draws. You have six. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, I flipped. I fl- I flipped it in my head. I apologize.
2: City don't draw games. City win games or they lose games.
1: Yeah, that was that was definitely sinus infection taking over. Fever is at a hundred.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the reason we're we're ahead of you. Ahead is we have two more wins. Two
1: more. In Liverpool two more. Then. Right, I'm so uh, yeah, I wasn't talking about the wins, I was talking about the draws, but I was wrong. So, we move. Uh, well,
2: I don't know. Cla- more points. What do we have more than Liverpool? Wins. Three
0: three more points. It's going to be a fucking hell of a I can't uh, wait. Yeah. it
2: the These season. really really fun last 12 games. It's
1: going to be banter. Just but the run- the
2: run-ins are there's like this it's like a fun, this five game stretch right now. I think is Liverpool's yep. best chance to catch City. Mm. You only have one tough game. We have, and including the game in April against yep. City, but City have a derby, two not super easy away games except Burnley. We're gonna shit on Burnley when we go to Turf Moor. Um, but we have like one. We have Brighton away, which eh, that's not a, uh, that's not an easy game. Yeah, exactly. We have Brighton away. We have. Liverpool and then we have the uh the home dar- the home leg of the derby technic I guess leg the home derby at the head he had against United um but they don't have Ole at the at the helm anymore so that curse is broken so we can beat him now
1: Ole is not at the wheel
0: It's going to be a, yeah it's going to be a great end of the season that City Liverpool game is going to absolutely smash TV records oh, it's uh, gonna be bo- both record. in Europe and America
1: and... Yeah we thought that first game was a fucking barn burner of a draw like this one's going to be tenfold that.
2: Yeah, it's going to be electric. I hope there's no injuries or anything going into that game, too. I want the most fit sides we can possibly get going into that April fixture. Yeah, for, yeah sure. for
0: sure. While we're still – we'll stick to the Premier League here. You guys want to talk about Antonio Conte for, for just a quick second. Uh, what's going on with him? Is Is he going to last at Tottenham?
2: I think Tottenham ages everybody about 30 years when they take that job. Um That's a I don't, even, for I don't well. know what their problem is. Like they this 5 game stretch is a perfect example of how they have played the past like 3 4 years. Even before Conte, it was the same thing under Mourinho too, even a little bit when Pochettino was their coach. They get up for the big games, but they just can't win games they're supposed to. They go and play 90 minutes of the best football ever that they've played all season at the Etihad. They beat the reigning champions 3-2 in an electric game away from home, and then they lose one nil to fucking Burnley. Like, is it a management thing? Is it a player's thing? Is it just like a Tottenham... Is it a club mentality thing that's just, like, stuck in these players' heads and and they just can't get past some mental block to string together wins against these bad sides? Like, what is it?
0: When you've consecutively had Poch, Jose, and now Conte uh, as your successive managers, I don't think it's anything to do. I guess uh, throw Nuno in there as well for the – Four weeks he was in charge. Uh, I don't think you can blame it on the manager. It has to come down to the players at some point, and Daniel Levy. I don't think there's been good enough investment in Tottenham. I know people can go on about what he's done for the club elsewhere at the stadium and uh, making it a brand, you know, worldwide. That doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day uh, when you're not, you know, putting those three points up on the board uh and i think conte is the first person to really call him out on their bullshit and he's like being honest in front of the press saying he's not happy uh that it's not like a managerial thing that it's, it just keeps happening and the, that the tottenham board have to realize that it's like a tottenham just kind of, like they keep trying to promote from within in terms of talent and, and yeah. conte wants to go out and buy people in the transfer market and there's just a clear difference in philosophy there
2: Man, if only they had sold a certain striker for $100 million this summer and they would have had money to make Conte happy.
0: I sound he, like an absolute dickhead saying this because he just scored a huge goal at the weekend. But do you think that's going to be like a Coutinho thing where they get better after he leaves? Kane? Yeah.
2: 100%.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to think that. that like, he might be part of the issue. Like, I think there's a, an environment around that dressing room where some of those guys don't want to be there.
2: I think Kane is a phenomenal player, but at the end of the day, if he doesn't leave Tottenham, what the fuck was it for? What the yeah. what the fuck did he go? What's he, seventh and... Not seventh, because he's not ahead of Aguero in Premier League scoring, but he's he's top 10, right? He's, he's already yeah, he's up top there. 10, very close to the top 10 in Premier League goals scored. Appearances out the ass. Tons of England caps. England captain hasn't won a fucking trophy in his whole career. He's almost 30 what is this what is his career going to at the end of the day what's it all going to be for if he haven't he hasn't won anything anything he won an Audi cup preseason trophy with tottenham and that's it that's it what's it for if he doesn't force to move out of that club and go win something
0: yeah it's tough uh i can only hope to be there for the day when sonny realizes it's time to go because i want to swoop him up so fucking fast
2: i wanted city to replace sonny with him when he so left good
0: he's such that... like a class individual too like as a human being I, I don't know who wouldn't want
1: him on their team and he like he looked phenomenal in that game against city like they were just feeding balls down the wing to him all day Really and, I thought
2: Kulansky and Kane, those were my two men of the match.
1: Right, but that but that's where they were I'm saying like that's where the direction of the they're playing through Sun. They were they were launching balls up up the wing, up the left side, and Kane and Kulikevsky were able to, to open up and, and make plays, uh, whip the ball in and and give options for Sun to to spread it. I think I think Son is 100% their best player right now. Kane just, like, stood on his head that one game because maybe he wanted to prove a point. I don't know. But.
2: What point? Yes. Thanks for trying to buy me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, He is currently seventh all time with 173 goals. Okay. Uh, So he's behind Thierry Henry. Where is fifth? Aguero's fourth with 184.
2: 184, right? He passed Rooney at 183? Or Lampard no, at
1: 183? Lampard. Lampard. Uh, he passed Lampard at 177.
2: But Aguero's got 184, right? Yes. Okay. And I knew he had 184. I just forgot where he was. Yeah. Are
0: Shearer and, then, and Lineker above both of them?
1: top five, Shearer 260, Rooney 208, Andy Cole 187, Aguero 184, Lampard 177.
0: Where the fuck did I pull Lineker from? Why did I think he was so high?
1: Is, he, uh, is he in the
0: top 10?
2: No. Really? Well, he played at Barca for a while. Oh, too. shit. Yeah, you're right. No. He uh, a super long time in the Prem.
1: After Lampard, it's Henri, Kane, Fowler, Defoe, Michael Owen. <laughs> Fowler being up there is funny. <laughs> Such a long career. Um,.
0: Yeah, that, that's nuts. Harry Kane definitely is – it's going to be one to look out for. And, Pat, I think you're completely right. He is, like, one of those players that just, like – his career has kind of drifted away, like, right in front of our eyes. And Tottenham were always, like – it just seemed, like, right close enough to make a challenge at something, especially even a couple of years ago. I mean, Champions League final, the biggest game of them all. Uh, and he the just game. never has quite got over the line.
2: Season. Yeah. Should have been, been the city. We lost to a fucking elbow. <laughs> Lost an elbow.
1: We all wish. Um, Harry Kane. Harry Kane has weird wrists. That's a hill I will always die on.
0: (laughs) The the last point with the Prem uh, top four race really looking good. Arsenal. I watched the Arsenal Wolves game. uh, Kind of the highlights of it after it ended. Uh, Looked like a cracking match. Lacazette winning it at the end uh, against a tough, gritty Wolves team too. Wolves took the early lead and. Uh, Jose saw with kind of a surprising mishap in net for that second Arsenal goal. Huge win for Arsenal and they look to kind of be going back and forth with Man United. Arsenal's in fourth place right now, but Man United I think is um just a couple points back of them. So No,
1: United United's right now in fourth. Is United in fourth? With 46 points, uh Arsenal are in 5th with 45 and two games in hand. Okay. That, okay, that's fair.
2: <laughs> I'm backing Arsenal to take that fourth spot. Yeah. I, I, it just feels feels like United don't have the best squad to to get it. And I, I just feels Arsenal just feel like they have something this season, man. is finally starting to figure it out. I think.
1: And I think the thing for Arsenal that they have going for them right now is they their full focus is on the Premier League now. Yeah. So no other competitions they're, they're going to get no other in the
0: Champions League next year.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, unless they go out and get some crazy depth, which is definitely not going to happen. I, I would rather see Arsenal finish fifth just for the health of their club, um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Arteta wants to go out and establish himself and go to that next level of European competition, but it's just I don't think it's worth it right now for them. They're so young, they're still gelling together, and they don't have any depth. One, two pieces yeah. fall with an injury – they're cooked
2: on counterpoint though champions league does get you a little bit of extra money and getting back yes. in that first place spot it might it might be the tipping point to get arsenal those couple of players they really need to solidify the squad get them like a, yep. a real defensive midfielder and a real striker with that champions league tv money
0: just throw needs a... that money for the rams cap, man he ain't
1: spending at that turner, they did in
2: the Super Bowl. not arsenal are fucked.
1: <laughs> just <laughs> throw uh matt turner at cdm you'll be all set yeah I uh I don't know. Arsenal
0: defense still bugs me out. I talked about it when they played Liverpool the last time. I how uh it was the last time Justin was on when I kinda of made fun of Ben White and Gabrielle. Uh they, they fucked up against Liverpool and they fucked up today. Gabrielle had a nightmare and was the, the main responsibility for the first goal from Wolves. Did one of those things where uh the Nuno Tavejuan in the Liverpool game where he just turned around and made a blind pass to the goalie and it was intercepted. Huang Chan was there and just tucked it away. Uh, they continue to be a calamity at the back, and it doesn't really matter who Arsenal buys. It just seems like their defense can, just can't work.
1: Uh,
0: but I think that's well, kind of our Premier League wrap up for for the week. If you guys didn't have
1: anything else, It is a wild, wild week. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't have anything else to add for the the Perfect. week we just had.
2: My, my last note is, I think Salabia coming back next season will help Arsenal.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know why they've loaned him out, man. He's been doing pretty good in Lagoon. Um,
2: they, like you said, they need money for the Rams cap, dude. They yes. needed to loan somebody. Mm-hmm. Need a little extra money for the LA Rams, and they won a Super Bowl.
0: We'll, uh, we'll switch gears here and dig into Europe. Uh, some Champions League stuff. Um, kind of some dry games and other, others a little bit more exciting this week. Uh, I'm not super in love with these matchups. Uh, me and Pat talked about, or we all talked about Chelsea and Lille last week being kind of a boring one. Um, Chelsea won that pretty easily, 2-0. Kind of, I think I hit that
2: score line on the head, didn't
0: I? Yeah, I think you did. I, think, me and Pat did talk about this. It was the episode Mitch had his wisdom teeth out. I think we might have talked about it
1: early. Which I'm now having a fucking sinus infection from. That's brutal. I'm down bad. Uh, yeah, the Chelsea one. Just
0: I think we all saw Chelsea going through there, uh, especially you know coming off that Champions League victory last year. Virial and Juventus. Uh, that one went one all. Vlahovic got a really early goal in that one his first Champions League goal and Villarreal kind of tied it up late there. Um, mm. Big storyline from that one's Weston McKenney's injury. He got a, a fractured foot in that. It looks uh, like he's going to be out for 2 to 3 months and he's going to miss the World Cup qualifier which includes uh, a game against Mexico at the Azteca.
2: I want to scream right when he was yeah, going into a hurts.
0: good bit of form too. He has been he has looked great the past few months. I want... Both for
1: club and country. Yep. So that's a, that's a tough one. It's just heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. But a foot fracture is uh is is better than uh, than a lot of other injuries that uh soccer players see. So um you know, he'll he'll get the walk in boot, he'll go through his physical th- uh therapy and be back in, in eight eight to ten weeks, so
0: yeah we'll cross our fingers he comes back and you know makes it seem like nothing changed um a little bit more of an exciting one Benfica Ajax that one finished two all another draw this is gonna be a really exciting second leg in my opinion uh Mm -hmm. Hilaire was on the goal sheet for both teams (laughs) with an own goal and he he got the equal or the the go-ahead I believe right afterwards and made up for it yeah yeah I, I think Ajax will win this one eventually but uh
2: that game was really good. Yeah. Um, the I don't know if either of you guys saw the uh, video that Ajax and Benfica did on social media. Just talking about like the history. It was really good.
0: The chess one. Club.
2: Yeah, that was so fucking cool. Mitch, if you haven't seen it, uh, go on either Ajax or Benfica's Instagram. I think they did like, um, like a co-branded post. It's on both yeah. of their pages. It's so cool. It's these two dudes playing chess against each other and every move they make they like name a different piece of history about their club. And like, it just, it's so cool. It gets to the end of the Benfica player, like moves his piece and he hits the time clock for the chest thing. And he's like, you And then the, the I X player moves his last piece and he goes, Johan Cruyff. And he hits the thing and then they shake hands and it ends, but it's so fucking cool. And just like the, the history behind the two clubs. Uh, I was talking to our buddy, Roman uh, shout out Roman. Uh, he have been like mad about footy lately um and and you know just pointing out the fact that like it's really is two of like the best academies in recent years too like they've just produced like so much talent in these past couple of years has come out of these two sides and they have like historically two of the best players ever like some of the greatest players to grace the game have come out of these two clubs too it's just a really cool little thing that uh
1: yeah and i'm cool. sure your all your marketing tingles started going when you saw that you're like brilliant
2: it was it was fucking you're awesome like,
1: these people they know what they're doing someone the uh,
2: freaking guy that made this idea <laughs> damn it
0: yeah it was it was a great video and it's kind of two clubs that uh you know they might not be the most uh i guess storied in terms of big trophies i think that was you know obviously more in the 80s and everything both of them are really big uh, but definitely two of like the biggest clubs in europe like in their respective countries they're just huge especially yeah. Ajax. Yeah. i mean the thing about yeah. Ajax's logo with the three stars how each one represents 10 league titles is fucking insane
2: that benfica pointed out that they too have three stars because they also have 10 league 30 league titles
0: pat paid
1: attention on this video it was Dang. so
2: well done dude i couldn't take my eyes off
1: of it i need to go watch this when we're done recording it was it, so
2: it was, good. it was so cool just a, shout out the marketing team for both of those clubs it was fucking awesome
0: and the, the last one here as you can see uh on the graphic we have man united and atletico one all chow felix with a fucking stunner of a header earlier in the match mm. um and who who grabbed the, the goal for Man United? I'm sure, um,
2: it was a, long,
1: yeah. it was a long,
2: Champions League debut.
1: Alonga did, yeah. He isn't really impressed. Great goal! Uh, yeah,
2: it was a really well taken goal, but also, what the fuck was oblock doing?
1: Yeah, he was so far out of position. It was insane. He just like sat down. Yeah,
2: congrats! Shout out Alonga. Great goal! Great goal for the kid. Um, this one's kind of tough to call now. One all going in back to Old Trafford. Um. Also, I think it's really funny that everybody thought the Champions League anthem was going to turn on and Ronaldo was magically going to stop playing like shit 80% <laughs> of the time.
1: That was literally the whole conversation was Ronaldo on his way to put the dagger in Atletico again because he played in La Liga and he did it all the time. I mean, he
2: did it in the Champions League too with Real Madrid, to be fair, but this United team is dog shit and Ronaldo not very good anymore. So
1: Yes, it, 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 it was... Very evident that Ronaldo is not the Atletico killer as he has previously been in this game. Yeah, I, I don't know. That... I
0: think this one would have been easier to call for Man United if away goals was still a thing. I think that would have gave him a pretty nice advantage. Uh I do not see them holding this uh in in England. I think Atletico definitely take it.
2: I've noticed that a lot of sides have kind of stopped. I mean, to kind of counter what you mentioned about um, Madrid and PSG, Josh, a lot of second legs um, today, Europa League second legs, just move on to that. But a lot of Europa League second legs today were high scoring because there weren't away goals. So these teams, these draws knew they had to win the game to go through. So, you know, just to make a, a point to, you know, go back to what you were talking about it looks like getting rid of these away goals is making these teams that draw one, one, you, they go to the second leg and they're like, they can't sit on an away goal in the return legs anymore. They still have to go out and play to win. So you, there were a ton of games that were like two, one, two, three, two, all um, yeah. the fucking Barcelona Napoli game was four, two.
0: Yeah. That one's insane. I think we texted about in the group chat about it. Is this Barca team better than we anticipated?
2: Yeah, I don't think we gave him enough credit.
0: Yang's like, he scored a hat-trick at the weekend, uh, another goal.
2: He scored a really, really good goal today. Uh, Barca looked incredible. Uh, You know, just we want to chat about Europa League for a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wanted to. I was going to bring it up. Adama hasn't been bad either, I'm not going to lie.
2: Yeah, Napoli didn't look the best, but Adama's been good. Fucking asshole. Uh, (laughs) They scored a phenomenal goal. Uh he was absolutely everywhere. Um he was really good. Serginho Desk looked good too That's good. USA. Um, yeah. They they look like a really, really solid solid side out there. Um Aubameyang and Adama look very good. They they look right at home. Um Baron Torres looked like he did for City, uh raw. He'll get there, I think, but he, he doesn't look as refined yeah. as the rest of the guys. Um in that front three, but Abamiang looked deadly. Uh Adama literally was their best forward today.
0: Yeah. Dick. That's that's a tough one. I went on a pretty big Adama tear when he when he went to Barcelona and I am having to eat dirt about it. So
2: Yeah, pretty sure he had two assists today. Yeah, tough Yeah, he's looked good. Um and then the other game, uh, Rangers fucking murdered Yeah.
1: Him. Yeah. I mean I w I wouldn't call it murder. The game finishes two two, but uh, Rangers solidified their place in the next round Six in aggregate though the, <laughs> the, the first leg was the murder uh, this was just cleaning up the evidence um you know Rangers being able to knock a, a team like Dortmund out of the Europa League is is not a sentence we should be having to say to begin with um but it's happened uh, mm-hmm. they Rangers finished the uh, second leg. Uh, and knock them out six four. Um big testament think, to Steven Gerrard and the, the players he brought in and, to kind and of it, form that team. He yeah. absolutely put a, a very strong base down uh and and it's on full display now in European competition uh which is is great to see. Um I'm kinda sad because I just learned something about our uh, our kind of like European ballerina story or or how yeah, like the Hollywood up. Sheriff, yeah. So Sheriff is from a, a a made up territory. For those of you who do not know, uh, they're part of a, a, a piece of, I believe it's uh, the Asian side of Russia, but it was a territory that like formed when the 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 um, the Russian regime started forming, and like the USSR was falling, and like what we know it as and it's just like this independent territory within the state and they don't have a lot of visitors there's no tourism but they have Sheriff Taraspol, Yeah. and they ended up losing 3-2 uh to braga today in penalties um so they almost were able to continue their european dream uh what but like it, it got me thinking, how how the hell are they even recognized if it's not like an actual country or territory by the UEFA Champions League? But
2: couldn't tell you. Um, other notable Europa League scores, uh, Porto dumping Lazio out on aggregate 4 3 after a 2 2 draw today, mm-hmm. Leipzig dumping uh, Real Sociedad 5 3, and then Betis and Zenit draw 0 0, but Betis go through, uh because they're 3 to win yeah. in the previous leg. I believe
0: Sevilla advanced as well, did they not?
2: Yeah, they did. Yes, they, they lost 1-0 well, no, to Dinamo Zagreb, but it was still 3-2 on aggregate. And,
0: and they had a red card in the game, so they were on their heels. A Sevilla Barca final, final would be awesome.
2: For the ages. Yep. That's what I, I wanted. Give me um give me Braga and Real Betis in the final.
1: I want I want Rangers Leipzig and I want Rangers to win it. Actually, Rain- I, West Ham barca would be fucking awesome.
2: Oh, that's true. West Ham Arsenal in the Europa League, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, it's
0: just the other set of matches.
2: Um, I think Marseille played in the Europa League today too, but they fucking murdered Quarbag. <laughs> they could beat him three 0 six one on aggregate.
0: Oh, actually, no. I saw something about this. I have to read on the podcast. Um this is hilarious actually. I, I need to figure out how to spell Gwenduzi.
2: G-U-E-N-D-U-Z. Okay, so this is from
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> This is from Get French Football News, obviously the the famous Twitter account. Um so Quora striker Ibrahima Wadji on what Matteo Gwenduzi said to him after he scored with his hand tonight, a goal that was eventually chalked off. Gwendoosie said to me, you are Muslim. If you don't tell the truth, God will punish you. (laughs) I had to share that on the podcast. I saw that tweet earlier today and died laughing.
1: Speaking of things that uh, I know it's off topic. Speaking of things players said on the pitch this past week, uh, Zuma getting meowed at. That's hilarious. (laughs) Craig Dawson.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's so fucking...
1: Deserves it. Deserves it. That's but. just
2: hysterical, though. That's, like, it's a good answer. Um, <laughs> and that was European football with the main stand.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, big one this weekend, boys. Carabao Cup Final. We all know it's a very prestigious, historic trophy that, you know, we got to put all of our time and effort into.
2: The Soda uh, Cup. Yeah.
0: The, the Soda Cup. It's a big one, though. I mean, we, we got to win. So,
2: yep, I City, take it very seriously. Uh, here.
0: Mitch what's your take the first question I want to ask you Mitch um Mm -hmm. who's your choice for goalie who who starts I think we know who's starting but who do you want to start
1: Kelleher deserves it or I want the old Irish goat in that um he 100 deserves it this has been his tournament this is what both Pep and Jurgen have said this is his tournament he is in just as good a form as Allison, and yep. has proved that he deserves to be between the posts in in our games. Um, and if uh, if that's taken away from him, I, I just think that's a, a knock to the confidence where he's he's literally been our keeper through this entire tournament. Um, so I, I want to see I want to see Kelleher in that. Yeah,
0: I hope he goes out and balls. It's such a big opportunity against a big club, yeah. and to write your name in like Liverpool. Folklore, even if it's, I, that was a bit about the the Carabao Cup thing, but uh, it you know it is a trophy at the end of the day, and to have a potential impact on that game as a, a backup, I think is really awesome. Um, we saw how Adrian kind of did it with the the Super Cup before uh, the Premier League winning season. Um, I think he kind of wrote himself into lore with that one a little bit. The the benefit of this, I, Kelleher's a great penalty keeper. So if it did go to penalties, I am totally fine with Kelleher in net. And I think you would agree with that probably, Mitch.
1: He's, he's been tested again throughout this tournament. And I just, I don't think there's a question about it. Give Allison a day off. He's been playing, he, we've played what, five in our last eight or nine or yeah, like it is what it feels like. Um, more like three in our last week, um, yeah. I think just let let Allison take a day off. He's been working his ass off. His legs are tired from booting the ball upfield field and getting all these assists. So um, just let let the youngster get some minutes and and prove prove himself. Um, you, you can't you yeah. can't let a player just sit and rot like Donny Van De Beek.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, the only other things really in contention for who who's going to start for this. Uh, Jota looks like kind of a race to be fit. I, I think the Klopp will probably go with a, a Jota Salamone front line. If Jota's not ready, I think he'll go with um, Diaz because Bobby is a uh, scratch for this already. He has um, been ruled out for this match. So it'll yep. either be Jota or Diaz it will affect kind of the order of the front three. I don't think, I mean, they're just so versatile. It doesn't really
1: matter. Um I don't. I don't really want to see Jota start, uh, especially coming off an injury. I don't. I don't necessarily think this is the game to test it in a cup final. Um, let let him come off the bench, give him some time. Uh, but I. I would love to see the the Diaz Mane yeah. Sala front three that we just saw this this weekend, um, or midweek. Um, you know, I, I just. I don't think it's a necessary addition to the starting lineup at all.
0: Yeah, um, and the last thing with the starting lineup, uh, I'll give my midfield trio, and you can give yours after. This is the last thing yep. to kind of talk about. Uh, midfield trio, I would go with uh, Fabinho, Henderson, Tiago. I think they've been the best three midfielders, uh, in the past recent weeks. I thought Henderson's been great every single time he's came on. I like Fabinho in the six, and Tiago is uh the easiest one to pick for me. I think all the other midfielders. While in contention, probably haven't had the best few weeks in terms of consistency, and those are the three I'd ride
1: with. I 100% agree. Uh, I I was gonna say the same thing. So perfect. I I yeah. You can't you can't deny the form that Tiago and Hendo have been in. Uh, both of them kind of coming off the bench mostly yeah. in the last few weeks. So let it, let them get the start, and then there's no question on Fabinho running the six.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I I have a bet for this one. I'm taking the Liverpool money line, plus 140. Obviously, I'm riding with the boys in red. Uh, it's not going to be an easy game against Chelsea. I mean, they gave us two draws already this season. Uh, I just think Liverpool are in a little bit better form uh, in front of goal. We all saw kind of Lukaku. Chelsea don't really have a, a great striker option right now either. They're getting a lot of their offense from the wings and midfield. Uh, And I think Liverpool's midfield that is on form is better, and I think they'll actually outrun them, um, which is a a bold take, and that might come back to completely bite me in the ass. But uh, that's what I'm riding with. We're going to go down to Anfield South and hopefully uh, lift a trophy for the first time in a while. So I'm excited either way. Absolutely. But we'll get into the rest of the Premier League fixtures, kind of what else is going on this weekend. There's a few matches of interest here, and we can kind of breeze through these and, and talk about them kind of at our leisure. First one that's kind of of significance just because of, you know, where Leeds are at, where Tottenham's at. Uh, Tottenham Leeds at Elland Road. This one has a lot of potential to be quite the exciting environment and definitely a lot of stakes for both of these managers. Who do you guys think has the edge here?
1: I don't. I think it's going to be a draw. Yeah.
2: Terrible. So they're going to win 2 1.
0: Fair enough. I have the Tottenham money line minus 105. I think Conte is probably mad enough. Spurs have a decent record against Leeds. They've won two out of the three since Leeds have been back up in the Prem. But I think with any Leeds game, it can go kind of either way. Uh, we can shit on Leeds all we want, but they can put in a good performance
2: yeah i think on like a serious note tottenham should win this game um this lead side's pretty bad but this tottenham side is in just like the weirdest fucking run of form of like any team yep at the top half of the table right now so this game is confusing and i don't know who's gonna win it
0: yeah it's a tough one to call either way next one i think it's probably equally confusing not because of brentford have been great lately but because newcastle have been so hard um Brentford have actually been quite bad recently, but that you know that Brentford have those goals in them and they can put in a good shift. Um, their game against Newcastle is definitely one to watch this weekend. Newcastle are unbeaten in their last five. They, they played some hard teams too. Villa, Everton, West Ham and they've hung right in there with all of them. Really looks like the, the culture is kind of starting to change. There's an environment growing around St. James Park. I have Newcastle, uh, the draw no bet here, plus 110. I actually think they'll go to, to Brentford Community Stadium and Probably get a win.
2: Yeah, I favor Newcastle in this one too.
0: It just looked—they've been really exciting and yeah, honestly, they look like-, like a fun team to watch, which is crazy.
2: They look like they kind of had it figured out a little bit. Um, Eddie Howe is kind of starting to come into his own with that side and starting to get him to play how he is envisioning them and their signings that they made um, are making an impact. Trippier has really impressed me since coming into the side.
0: Yeah, and Bruno hasn't even got that much time. He's been coming off the bench a couple games, but he really hasn't, like, started too many matches. So I think this team can only go up, and we'll get into that later, you know, in the next couple of months. But they're going to be really scary if they go out and buy some some people in the summer. Yeah, um, Brighton and Villa is the next one. Another weird little one because Villa, like, Villa looked so good a couple weeks ago, and now they just had a run of form that's been shit, uh, and they're kind of, like, back to looking not good. So, it's tough. Brighton have been kind of up and down. Traveling to Brighton is obviously a hard place to play at the Amex on the South Coast. Uh, Definitely some good fans. I I think this one has a little bit of goals in it. I think Pai could get a goal. We know Mings has a mistake in him. And Villa obviously have a loaded offense. So, I have both teams to score on this. Minus 130.
2: Yep. I like that one. Yep. Solid, solid bet.
0: And then Everton Man City. This is a... A big one for Pat, obviously. I don't really think there's much of a contest in this one, I'm going to be honest. I have Man City winning by two, uh, covering the minus one and a half spread, minus 125 odds, and I have Mares as one of the scorers as well. Uh, A nice Uh, little prop to throw in there.
2: I sure hope so. Yeah, I'm confident in City this weekend. I don't think Everton are particularly amazing. We have a pretty good record against them as of late, if I'm not mistaken, and like like I said uh, usually a city loss uh, the the bounce back is uh, generally impressive and it means a lot of wins on the bounce so
1: yeah you know I'm torn here I like I don't want to root for Everton in a game ever Uh, and especially like if they if they do steal points like that only hurts me when I say stupid shit like Everton are gonna get relegated uh but in the in the title race it comes down to to rooting for the other side of mercy side right now and i, I like i don't see them stealing a point here but i'm gonna be hoping and praying yeah. hey for
2: what it's worth uh i think you guys have one more game against united at the end of the season um i hope you kill them <laughs> absolutely <laughs> murder him. I, I Fili- to is that you fishing
1: Filias. for good karma is that is that you is that you fishing for good karma?
2: Nope, it's not. I hope you murder him. I would sit here and I would laugh my ass off if the goes <laughs> against Man United. The last <laughs> thing I want is to win a title because Man United helped. I want you to kill him.
0: I, that's fair. I think it's fine to root for your rival in situations. The one thing that's so funny about this Everton Man City game is there are actually people from the Dirty Ev rooting against yes. the Toffees, which is absolutely hilarious that they are rooting against their own team because they don't want to see liverpool win
2: see that makes sense that makes sense i would i i could never see myself actually hoping man united ever win a game
1: i could I didn't never say win i said steal a point what i don't know i i i said i didn't say win. i said steal a point
2: I don't uh, want them to ever get any points. I want no positive results to ever come their way.
1: That's why I said they're getting relegated. Come on, man.
2: Well, it's fine, but you can't ask them to draw. Draws one point gained for a team like Everton that you want to get relegated.
1: I know. It's I, that's why that's why lose. I said it puts me in a tough position. I'm like I'm so torn. Like it's 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 really eating me up inside. No, I fully
0: hope Everton win and take points off
1: him. Uh, Josh from the Clouds.
0: <laughs> I could give a fuck, honestly. I I think it's weird to root against your own team. I'm fine with Everton. I hope Everton go out and win 5-0. Because uh, if it means a title, that means the more we can fucking rub it in and say, hey, you helped us win this title, you dumb fucks. If
2: Everton beat us 5-0, I won't be on the pod. <laughs>
0: Pat would have to take another week of PTO.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm putting in some. I'm putting in a couple weeks worth of PTO.
0: <laughs> I know that. The last one of the weekend, uh, West Ham Wolves. This is a big one for the top four race because they're kind of the outliers with Arsenal and Man United. Uh, I think this one's gonna be fun. West Ham obviously hit the over on two point five today against Arsenal. Uh, West Ham have been a little bit lacking in offense lately, but I think this one has an over two point five written on it. Uh, kind of probably not the result people would expect, but I'm going to ride with it. Plus one twenty is pretty good value, and then I'm going to take the West Ham money line at plus one ten. Uh, I think this loss against uh, Arsenal for Wolves could be a little bit of a, a gut punch for them, and I think West Ham uh, will you know defend the London Stadium and get three points there.
2: Yeah, I, think uh, I like pretty it.
0: Pretty straightforward.
2: I like it. But that
0: is it for Rick's picks. Mitch, do you want to take us away with the weather?
2: Do you want another, do you want another
1: beep in? Absolutely. Hit me with it. Your resident meteorologist Mitchell here with the Fiorentina forecast. Uh, The, the Violas, uh, just as I predicted, uh, beat Atalanta 1-0, said it would be a one goal game, and it went in the purple people eaters favor. Um, huge three points. Uh, so with that win, Fiorentina are two points clear of uh, uh, their point total from all of last season. Uh, massive milestone to uh, to reach that threshold and and have I don't know like what ten games in hand left uh, to to do some more things. So um, in the hand in in, the, in their hand for the rest of the season.
2: Like man, like they have
1: ten no. games. For no. to play. Like no. fuck me, man. No, ten, 10 games in hand over last season. Um so uh up this weekend, uh the the Violas take on eleventh place Sassuolo. on Saturday. It's a two forty five kickoff, so there's no excuses. You can be awake and watch this game. I've been getting up for the six thirty games and watching them. Uh I'll go get my coffee, come home, you know, just sit relax and watch watch the boys in purple do do work um i actually have watched a ton of Syria do you enjoy
0: watching lucas torreira
1: i do i do he's our best player oh. he, he he's he's been actually a lot of fun to watch and a saving grace with dusan leaving um the first fixture this season uh ended in a 2-2 draw and uh Sassuolo are 4-3-1 against Fiorentina in the last eight so they do hold the advantage going into it but they have been playing some uninspired uh, football as of late fast forward to this weekend shock 2-0 win over Inter uh, so they do have some steam coming uh, they, I, think it, I think it's at Sassuolo so the, the, the Violas are on the road so the forecast for this weekend partly cloudy with some sun poking through the boys are getting results. They're getting points. Uh, they have a lot to look forward to and a lot of football left to play. Um, I'm going to say this is going to be a 2-1 win for, for Fiorentina. I think they they take three points in this one as well.
0: Uh, the, the Fiorentina bit really took a dive when Vlahovic left. <laughs> it almost became like a pity uh, because we know they're getting, not getting top six, which is unfortunate.
2: What do you mean? I We're think, right there
1: I think We're you guys right are gonna there. drop
0: out pretty quickly 10 games is a long time man
1: I I, I want to see how how many actual games we got left Syria not a logistics company here folks 12 games left that's 13. even longer 13 we have a game games we have, we have a we have a game in hand still on Lazio. And let's look at this look look at the second half here. Uh, we have Inter again, Napoli again, and Huve, Milan and Roma. So it is a tough That's tough, tough test. Sounds like you're Milan, Roma, Huve <laughs> in the last four weeks. Half of your last gate. Half of your last few figs. May May is gonna be a tough month. But we're not giving up hope yet. So, uh when do we when do we play Lazio? We've already we've already played our our two matches against Lazio, so um it's going to it's going to be all all outside of the 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 team we're ra- we're chasing uh right now for for top six. So it's going to be exciting.
0: That was a very good update, Mitchell. We can only hope for the best for the I'm good
1: at my I'm good at my job. What can I say? I'm a good meteorologist. Well, you're
2: gonna get the weather prediction at the end of the year wrong. So,
1: <laughs> just like meteorologists, to be fair.
0: See, uh, I think that wraps it up for the the episode 28 for the mainstand podcast. Unless you guys have any other pressing matters, I don't I
1: got
2: nothing. Okay.
1: We're uh, we're a week away from our games at uh, at the MLS. Correct. Yes. So uh, Pat Pat gets to go now too, which is very exciting. So all three of us are going to be at an MLS game on Open, the same day.
2: full yeah, openers. Yeah. It should yeah, be and good the time. games
1: are staggered too, so we can both post stuff without. And I'm more I'm more excited because I'm going to be cooking. We have a we have a group of oh, twelve nice. going down. Um, so I'm going to be doing a lot of cooking. Pat can do the content. It it, it takes some workload off of me. So I'm, I'm going to be
2: so drunk
1: i was gonna say i'm probably gonna be on the piss all day fine yeah we we all are we're all celebrating it's it's springtime it's football it's live football for us it's exciting so Dude, you're staying- not
2: staying down there after the game right no okay no you're-
1: i have to then. you're you're not staying down there
2: fuck no i don't want to pay for a hotel room i just want to get in a car with you and sleep in my bed bro
1: bet we are Glad a
0: logistics company sorting plans on the pod. That's what that's what Love we're that. here for.
2: Yeah. Uh, staying, staying with the, the times, you know. Also, I don't you
0: know it. if it's spring yet, Mitchell. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty cold next weekend, so.
1: Well, out in your neck of the woods, maybe. If it's cold, mm-hmm. I'll wear my fucking Carhartt bibs. I don't care. I'm prepared. I'll wear a
2: t-shirt and ask you for your hoodie like I did the last time we went to a revs yeah, game.
1: No, Pat is severely <laughs> underprepared. I'm severely overprepared. It's how it, That's why we work so well together.
2: Exactly. It's like big friend, small friend. Mitch brings everything. I bring nothing. We make it work.
1: Right. And if he brought clothes for me to wear anyway, I wouldn't be able to fit into him. It's like right. perfect because like I can give him my hoodie and he's swimming in it. And then like he would give me his hoodie and I'd be able to fit a leg in it. So
2: it's like a pair of pants. Right. You're welcome.
1: All it's right. A pair of pants. It's that eight was pants. episode
2: 28. Eight. Of
0: 29 of the, May- of the pilot.
2: Josh, remember what number you're putting in the graphic on
0: Okay, fair. That was a good comeback. Figure it out, pal. That was a good comeback.
2: Uh, Like like we've mentioned, not a logistics company. (laughs) Tune in, everybody. If you're on Spotify, make sure you rate it. Uh, If you're anywhere else, make sure you share the podcast with a friend. If you're on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, ding the notification bell. We will catch you guys next week. Deuces. Peace.